This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back, and we're still with your health. The numbers to call to talk with Dr. Zachary Levine, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And as you've probably heard, the federal government is trying to come to a new health accord with the provinces. Ottawa wants to make sure that additional health health dollars go to two priorities, and they are home care and mental health. And according to figures from the Canadian Mental Health Association, one in four Zoomers over the age of 65 has a mental health issue. And as our population continues to age, mental health support and services are becoming a greater priority. So welcome our house doctor, Zachary Levine. Hi, Zachary. Hi, Libby. How does this play out in your emergency room? Well, we certainly see the effects of it, you know, and unfortunately, um, uh, the, 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 um, one of the outcomes of this is that the suicide rate among seniors is quite high, and in fact, men over 80 have the highest suicide rate among all Canadians. Um, and, and about uh, up to 75% of older adults who do kill themselves visited a doctor within the past month. So there are, uh, these are opportunities, hopefully, for the doctors and primary care doctors, emergency doctors like me, uh, to see these people before they do something drastic. And we often see people, uh, you know, who are going through a difficult time, whether it be medically. And they, one of the important points is the, that mental health is very, very, very tied in with physical health. So it's, very, it's much more common to have uh, mental health problems, especially depression and anxiety, uh, along with other um, yeah, physical ailments. So it's very common, people with heart disease, people with stroke, people with cancer, it's very, very common. And it's important that people get that support, the mental health support, as well as the, uh, the support for their physical ailment. And um, how short are we generally in being able to offer this support? Well, I mean, obviously, I, I'm uh, based here in Quebec, but I do know a little bit about the, I've, I've, I've done some reading, there's the uh, Canadian Coalition for Seniors Mental Health. And uh, across the country, I don't know numbers, but in general, uh, there definitely seems to be a dearth and a lack of enough, not only mental health practitioners, but especially uh, mental health practitioners, I mean, general practitioners as well, who are more focused on the Zoomer population. So we have not enough, not enough generally, but especially not enough with the training, the specific training to deal with uh, this population. It's interesting. I just saw something a couple of days ago. You know, the situation is the same in the United States. Older people uh, needing uh, often emergency mental health care, and they have to wait for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we, uh, you know, so what we can, and the emergency department is, I think it's a good place to recognize. It's obviously not a great place to uh, to treat, you know, so hopefully we can get people admitted and we can get people uh, or at least referred to the proper, uh, you know, to the proper authorities in it. 
Um, but yes, it's a problem across the board. And but what we have to do is, as primary care doctors, it's very important that we recognize someone at risk. And uh, and there's a lot of people that come in at risk for it. Uh, when when an older person, uh, say, who has depression and anxiety, uh, perhaps related to a health issue, comes in, how do they get there? Do they come there on their own steam? Is it a loved one that, that insists that they go to emergency? How does that usually happen? There's different ways. I mean, you know, if, in my experience, the majority don't come sort of of their own free will unless something happens. You know, if there's a fall or if, uh, if their loved ones, uh, well, if their loved ones, that's a different story. But usually there's something, there's some kind of inciting event uh, so there's a fall, there's an injury, or they're just having too much uh, difficulty breathing. There's a physical event that brings them in as opposed to them realizing they're feeling really hopeless and tired and burnt out and then them coming in. Otherwise, yes, it's usually the family that realizes there's a problem. The person's not eating well, not sleeping well. They seem sad all the time. Um, they seem dehydrated, that sort of thing. And that often is the is the way that they end up being brought in. Or if they're living in a place with care, if they're living in a place with, you know, with nursing care or some kind of care, then it's the people there who notice that they're just not, they're not thriving and they need to be, uh, they need to be brought to medical attention and in addition to that, mental health attention. Well, that must make it difficult for an ER doctor like you. If somebody comes to you with a fall, that's a physical thing. So how do you know then to look for a, a mental health issue? Well, I have to say one thing, and it, yes, it's definitely not easy. One thing that has happened over the past several years, is, which has been very good, is that we have started to take note of this much more. And so within our emergency department, there is a, there's not only you know, a geriatrician, but a geriatric uh, pharmacist, a geriatric liaison nurse. Uh, and so we, anytime we get the geriatrics service involved, and not just the geriatric service, by the way, you know, cause, because actually the geriatric service now, their definition is uh, they won't see people younger than 75. It used to be 65, now it's 75. Who knows, in 10 years it might be 85, you know, as people Well, that's are. because, you know, exactly. <laughs> 75 is the new 65. Exactly, and that's great. Uh, but basically we're starting to take a better look at, you know, not just the physical issues, but also the psychosocial situation. So where people are living, whether they have the support that they need, and whether they're getting the uh, mental health services that they require. I'm talking with our house doctor, Zachary Levine, and we're talking about mental health and Zoomers. And I know this can be a difficult thing to talk about, but we're on the phone, uh, and uh, he's here to answer your questions or take your comments. And uh, actually, even if you have a slightly different question, I'm sure he'd be happy to answer them. The number is 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And Zach, uh, what... Um, you know, what happens sometimes uh, there are certain things that can be a, an early sign of dementia. How, how often do you see that? That's very interesting. And there's, there's actually something called pseudodementia, which is uh, where people actually get diagnosed or are thought to be demented and they're actually depressed. Uh, because what happens is when people are, are severely depressed, they, their attention span you know, they just don't concentrate on things, and they don't care to concentrate on things. You know, they're just so hopeless. And so sometimes people actually get uh, diagnosed with depression when they're actually, uh, with, uh, sorry, with dementia, even though they're depressed. Um, 
the differences are that they're that the the press person doesn't want to but is able to recollect things when they're actually uh when they're forced to focus and the things that but there are there are definite similarities like you're mentioning i mean their sleep changes uh their interest in things is sometimes hard to gauge but differences in concentration and energy and appetite um all those things can be associated with both dementia and with uh and with uh, depression and so sometimes it's a bit of a trick to figure out which but that's why you do need people who are trained and who can actually evaluate these people properly and one thing you said which is very important is that there has been and there there is still to a certain extent a bit of a taboo about talking about mental health and some people are just not uh, comfortable talking about it and they don't and and in the past you know it wasn't considered real illness but of course it's as real as anything else and one of the things that we do look at with seniors and zoomers especially is some of the we mentioned uh, we mentioned medical issues but medications as well some medications can absolutely cause, uh, anxiety they can cause depressive symptoms and so it, you really have to look the doctor it's the doctor's responsibility to look at everything and try and figure out because there may very way the, there may very well be a very easily reversible cause to the depressive symptoms just stopping a medication may help someone considerably uh, I'm I'm interested in what you said uh, about the stigma. I just have to look at the phone lines. Earlier we were talking about cancer. The phone lines were full because uh, these days, anyway, there was a time when people would not talk about cancer. They would yeah. hide it. They would whisper about it. That, thankfully, is over. Now there is no shame in having cancer. Right. Uh, but there still is with mental illness and, and mental health. And I know that there are a lot of people out there that are working very hard to change that. But, you know, I, people are embarrassed to call in. But it's something that really affects a lot of people. And once again, it's, it's not just uh, the person who is suffering, but it's, it's their family. These things strike families. Absolutely. And people, you know, people, a lot of people are proud and they don't necessarily uh, ask for help. And especially if they were raised to think that this is not, uh, you know, a medical illness. And that's one of the reasons I want to bring it up, even if people aren't comfortable talking about it, is know that there is, there's definitely help out there. It's very, very common uh, to have mental illness. The most, the most common certainly is depression. You know, the, the rates are between, between, they say between 10 and 20% of the population experience at least depressive symptoms in their life. But anxiety very common as well, and then there's a whole there's a whole host of other mental illnesses as well, which are quite you know which are very treatable these days. It's just a matter of getting to getting people to the help that they need. Um, yeah, and uh, again, often it's uh, the family that will finally insist, and you know that can be so difficult. Yes, absolutely, and it, it's very difficult. And we see, and the families come in, and they will often ask. To speak to us uh, to the doctor privately, and uh, and say you know we're this is our our concern and ultimately you know ultimately people they, you know the people we're talking about are adults and you can't force treatment on someone who's not incompetent or isn't a a a clear and immediate danger to themselves or to someone else. So but they what what you can do is you can offer them the treatment and you can you can let them know that there are people who are worried about them. You can let them know that there are people. Uh, who feel there may be a problem, and you can and you can also give the family support because yes, it's, it can be very difficult for the family to deal with, and they may not know. And, and but you know, one of the things that's true is you know, as people get older, there are some real difficulties that happen. There's illnesses, there's loved ones 
who die. Some people, you know, uh, as uh, your brother always says, the best way to keep going is to keep going. Uh, you know, some people who retire and they find they're bored and they're lonely, they don't have anything to do. And so one of the one of the ways we can help people also is getting, you know, helping them find something that stimulates them and gives them a social network that can be and very community. helpful as well. Yeah, Ab- a community. Absolutely. Uh, let's go to the phones. We have Catherine in Waterloo. Hello, Catherine. Hi. Um, yeah, I have two questions. Um, go ahead. Do we pay taxes on... Um, Vitamins. Hmm. I, uh, you know, I know. Yeah. I believe so. Yes. Okay. I think so too. You know, something that's supposed to be good for us. And okay. And uh, uh, I, uh, I want to know: do do I need a prescription from my family doctor to get uh, uh, how do you say medicinal marijuana? So yes. So, so the answer to both questions is yes. <laughs> but it doesn't have to be from your family doctor, but right. you need a prescription. I need a Okay. Exactly. All right. Well, thanks a lot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that's, that's related, too. I mean, certainly people use medicinal marijuana for a lot of different purposes, and certainly the, the primary indications are for appetite and for decreasing nausea, especially related to cancer and chemotherapy treatment. But uh, there's no question that a lot of people self-medicate <laughs> or mental health issues. You know, the peop- a lot of people who don't want to go to a doctor will use marijuana, will use alcohol to uh, to try and improve their mood or uh, more negatively to just to forget, you know, to, to forget what's going on in their real life. How big a problem when you're looking at mental health then is addiction? It's a huge problem. It's a huge problem. And uh, addiction, there's all sorts of different types of addiction. And I have to be very honest, doctors are responsible for some of it, unfortunately, not on purpose, but, uh, you know, we prescribe a lot of opiate medications and opiates and, uh, you know, fentanyl is getting a lot of uh, media coverage these days, people being, uh, people being addicted to fentanyl. And very frequently they get started on opiates like morphine and Dilaudid when they're prescribed it for pain by the physician and then the problem is that the pain goes away, but they are they become addicted to these medications, and there's a very very strong tie between uh, mental illness and addiction. And and like uh, like I was saying earlier, certainly a lot of people start using substances uh, as a way of self-treating for their mental illness, but unfortunately, you know, off, most of the time it's not an adaptive way, and it ends up causing more problems than than they had to begin with. Okay, uh, let's go to Carol in Bradford. Hi, Carol. Hi. Hi. I'm calling uh, with respect to my grandson. He's uh, just turned 29. Mm. When he was two, he was diagnosed with epilepsy. Yeah. And uh, when he was 15, he's had every kind of epileptic seizure. He started having passing out seizures. Mm. And it's when SARS was on, so we took him one night, my daughter and I, to North York General. That's where his neurologist was. And he couldn't be moved to sick kids until a period of time when someone hadn't passed from SARS. Hmm. So he finally went over to sick kids. Uh, what a wonderful hospital that one is. And he um, had for a year several tests, and he had brain surgery at sick kids at 16. Hmm. He went on for quite a while. He even went to Sioux College and graduated, mind you, with some special help. In uh, last year, in September, he, um, 
I went to pick him up at a bus stop, and his mom had just put blonde streaks in his hair. And he said to me, Nana, everybody liked my hair. They did, did they? I said, did they tell you? Oh, no, they didn't have to. I heard them. What do you mean you heard them, Brad? I heard their thoughts. Mm. My grandson was diagnosed with um, schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. Sorry to hear that. And this is the situation. He was living at home. He's been to the local hospital in Barrie three or four times. The last time he um, uh, punched his mother in the face. So from um, they they can't regulate his drugs because he's called a dual diagnosis. He has psychosis, schizophrenia, and epilepsy. Mm. Okay, is Zach, I'm I'm sorry, but we have less than a minute left. So Zach, uh. can you? Uh, Answer that is uh, uh, Carol. What is there a question of that, or you just want Zach to react to that? Well, what they're saying is he might be discharged in December, and he has to go home. Oh boy! Oh, oh I know. And my daughter said, "What if he t- gets out the knives?" And they told her to hide all the knives. Oh my God! Is there any help for adult people? who have yeah. mental health problems. Um, I'll just tell you one thing, because we really are going to have to go there. Yeah. The, there's Schizophrenic Society. They do incredible work. Oh, do they? Okay. And they have support groups. And uh, I know people who go there because they have schizophrenic people in their families, and it's so difficult. Um, I'm really sorry, Carol. I wish you okay, would have called no, a little fine. earlier. I know. I just, I just yeah. Yeah. Okay. So but I hope that that helps. Society. Yes, I'm going to tell my daughter. We'll get on it. Okay. Uh, and uh, our house doctor, Zachary Levine, thank you so much for that. I think that was really informative. Thank you. And thank you to Carol for sharing her story. Okay. Yes. Thanks, Libby. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Libby. Okay. Thank bye-bye. 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 You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.